Welcome to the La Dolce Vita Show, a woman's guide to living a fearless and fabulous life. My name is Heather Pickin, and I am here to give you that winning formula so that you can get clear on your vision, stay true to your values, and break through those mental walls. Check out my free resources at heatherpickin.com. This podcast is brought to you by Fierce Femme Wine, a woman's wine that inspires dialogue for change. Visit fiercefemme.com. So let's get ready as we uncover the formula to your success in business, career, and fabulous life. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the La Dolce Vita Show, the formula for really having a, a fearless and fabulous life. So I always say this is the woman's guide of learning how to break through your fears, your limitations, all of those things that hold you back in your business and in your life. And I'm excited to talk to uh, my guest today. Uh, Dr. Cara Tucker, and she's going to be uh, sharing with you, we're going to be discussing her new book uh, called Unlabeled. Uh, I think this topic is really important, especially to women. I think a lot of times we put labels on ourselves, and I always say labels are lies. Uh, so I want to lead off with that and welcome uh, Dr. Cara yeah. Tucker to the call. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. Yes, no, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you're so right. It is definitely about lies. <laughs> I call them illusions. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny because when I saw the title of this book and you, and you have labels like uh, Dear Perfect, Dear Obsessed, Dear Addict, uh, Dear Ego, Dear Identity, Dear Happy, uh, those, those things are really interesting and I can see how they kind of weave into the fabric of today of what women are going through. And before we dive into your book, I want to share a story and maybe we can kind of tie this in. When yeah. I was in fourth grade, I was diagnosed with a learning disorder and, and that label I put in my, myself was stupid. And that actually carried on over to like many years of my life impacted my finances, my relationships, my yeah. self-worth my body. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's kind of why I do the work today. So I think you coming on the show and talking about this book is perfect. And so my first question to you is, what was the inspiration behind you writing this book? Well, I have been a clinical psychologist in and out of the field for over, oh gosh, 20 years. And I'm talking in between working with women in prison, working with women um, coming off of accidents, uh, uh, emergency medicine, and then of course my my true love, which is private practice. Uh, so you know we're on this one on one all the time in this room, and I call it the chair in the book um, because I'm in the chair, and I often feel like so many other people really need to be hearing what I'm hearing in this chair. And you're so exactly right about having these labels that are so elusive and damaging and. Uh, that's why I just wanted to rip through and just say, no, unlabeled, you know, let's get to know the labels that we do have if we are acknowledging them. Because right now there's some hot topic in psychology about do we diagnose or do we let the clients know their diagnosis? I have clients coming in all the time saying, I'm anxious. I've got anxiety. I've got depression. And how are you going to help me? 
And I'm like, wow, okay, so just the labels alone that they're already saying I'm depressed. We've already started an interesting conversation. And that's why this, this book was born because I'm just starting to join the conversation about this hot topic out there that now we're starting to get into this essence of now I've got labels and now I've got depression, now I've got anxiety, what do I do with it? So it's, it's really an interesting conversation especially in psychology, especially with working with clients. So just as a child to, to experience a label and then what that really means and all of the, the damaging and negative thought processes that go on that nobody ever expresses, right? Nobody ever expresses this uh, until obviously they're, they're ready to step up to themselves and come into the room and actually start unlayering and unlabeling this this process of what's been so hurtful and and I reference it kind of the master class of life because nobody I mean seriously Heather nobody took us in class and said this is how you get self-esteem nobody in our any teacher nobody anything just said hey Here's, here's what self-esteem really looks like, girls. Here's, here's what we're supposed to do. And there's this underlying universal label we have, really, am I good enough? Am I absolutely good enough? And we're all kind of trying to chase that or uh, possess that in some way, or we are fearful of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I can only I really empathize because it is very damaging to have certain labels. Mine, on the other hand, was I just wanted to be a doctor and I shot out to be the doctor and I became that clinical doctor. And then when I did it and I've been doing it for a while, I'm like, well, wait, I'm, I'm not just that. Like, I want to write a book one day. <laughs> I just, I want to do other things. And I'm like, whoa, like this is a really strong label, almost so much that it scared me a little bit. Because it was like, everybody's labeling me the expert. And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. I don't know what I'm an expert in. I'm just trying to do, you know? So it was really this, yeah, these labels we are given. It's like, how, how, do, we, how do we work through them? And, you know, we, for me, that's just the whole other labeling aspect that it's like, then I, Dear Miss Perfect started coming in. And that's why that chapter, Dear Perfect, comes in. Because it's like, yeah, we think we are supposed to be a certain way or do something a certain way. And that's, it's an illusion. It's just an illusion. Mm, I like the fact that you say it, it is an illusion because wouldn't you agree that, especially women, we compare ourselves to other people, especially with social media. I, I look at Instagram and I kind of laugh. It's like you're comparing yourself to a filter or a curated life. So what do you say to women right now that um, are looking on social media, all, are having quote unquote mental health issues, breakdowns, labeling themselves as depressed because of what they're seeing out there? Yeah, yeah, it, you're, it's, it, that's another hot topic that's happening as well. And the research coming out just on social media, we do know the positive results are about connection. And if you are doing some sort of connecting and comparison in, hang on, she's doing something really powerful, I want to do something powerful too. I just don't know what that is yet. Well, then you've taken a snippet of that that we're seeing is that connection and is that support 
to take care of that mental health. Um, we, we find that the research in that connection with Facebook and Instagram and all that is really powerful in a really positive way. Where it can go kind of shadow-like is exactly right. She's doing that. I can never be that. What is she doing? I'm never going to be like that. I'll try to do that. And then you realize you're not that and you keep trying and it just becomes this like mental treadmill. And that's where that, and again, in the book, I talk about how depression is more like suppression. So we are suppressing so much underneath and it's like, we've just, we've just got to get it out. There is an identity for you. You've just got to go, what do you know? You know a lot more than you think you do. And you've got to say, okay, what do I love? What do I love? Let's erase all of this women doing this and men doing this, but just going, what, what do I love? Like, take it back to simplicity. Like, what did I love as a little girl? What did I love doing? And then on the other aspect, like, what did I hate? What did I dislike? I, I hated people in pain. That's why I wanted to help people in pain because I hated it so much and I didn't like it. And so some of those things that you don't like too, you can start kind of that dialogue with yourself to really start going, okay, this is my true voice. And we do know in this industry and, and being on Instagram, it is finding a voice. You do have a story. That's what's making you so beautiful and unique. So in this, I encourage anybody who's going through that, just rule it out, say, this is what I love. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. What am I going to do with it? And just be free to be you, you know, like it is just being free, free to be you. And five seconds of judgment is going to happen because that's what we put up to protect ourselves, I think. Mm, yeah, it, it's so true. Uh, and also looking at, you know, women put uh, a lot of pressure because they have that fear of needing to be liked or that, that, that fear of uh, also not getting the approval that they want, you know, especially in relationships. So let's kind of switch gears and talk about mm. these labels as it applies to relationships and women attracting and staying in bad relationships. My, my life story was about that. I mean, today I'm in a great relationship, but I, I want your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the chapters is it's, it's kind of a bit of a, um, it's a dialogue again about identity. And again, we've never really been taught how to be a whole self. There's this essence that we've got this cup that's filled up to about 40% just based on what we've learned, what we've taken in. And when we start entering relationships, we think, we think on a deeper subconscious level that that person is going to fulfill that for us. And then what we realize is like, hang on, they're a whole self too that brings a whole nother story behind the scenes that they are, you know, somebody who has unresolved things that are going on, have never talked about it. And then all of a sudden these two people join in. And then we think, we wonder why there's so many divorces and breakups happening all the time because the ego is starting to become so protected in that, that they think, let me see my ego inside of your ego. And you're separate, you're a whole. And it's, that's what I teach in, in the work that I do is let's build up this whole person that is everything. And once you're going like, hey, 
you have a right to be able to kind of interview your potential mate. What do you like? What, you know, rather than, oh, I just want to show up and I just deep down want to be loved and hopefully this guy will be the one. No, it's, I am this whole, I'm this person that I'm presenting. And if you're not meeting the, the, the bill here, you're not fitting the bill, well then, you know, move on. And it's just that extra bonus, but we've not been taught that. And I often see and hear, which you're very right, Heather, but, you know, I've been divorced too. So I grew up in that relationship. Obviously I needed it for some reason, but we take those snippets and we take those lessons and we are growing into newer relationships. But if you don't grow, then you're going to keep attracting those same people. And one of my cliche statements in the room is that I'm like, we attract where we're at. If we're attracting and we're insecure or, and of course we have insecurities, but when we're setting up for something this, this strong, well then we're going to attract somebody who's doing the same. We're going to attract somebody who also has lack of confidence or self-esteem or, and then it's going to be this like, Hey, do for me, you're not doing, and it becomes a tension. It becomes a conflict. And I know that certain conflicts will get movement in relationships, but conflict all the time dies the soul, really. It just flattens the, the soul. And so the book talks about this very thing of start really understanding your identity, what you like, what you don't like. And it's just a bonus when you have somebody that's walking with you, not behind you, not ahead of you, just kind of right next to you. And it's, it's just excruciating to watch and being working with women who have been in a relationship for 13 years. And I'm just hoping for the, the day that they come in and they go, I've left him because that's what their soul needs to be free. But that concept of being lonely or being alone, and that's really two very interesting terms, being alone and lonely. And then we start having some very interesting dialogue happening because that's why women don't want to let them go is because they fear that being lonely or what does it look like being alone? And it can be amazing. It can be great. It can be get to know yourself. And this is why this self-help is, is happening and it's on fire right now because, you know, people are listening. People are starting to go, hang on, I do want more. And that's the beautiful thing about the brain is that it does want more. And that's, that was the intention behind this so that women could go, whoa, okay, she's inside my head. This is actually what I've been thinking because I know for the past 20 years sitting in the chair, that's what women are thinking because I keep hearing the same thing over and over again. And that's what's established you know, in, in this book of labels, mm. of what we've done. And it is about that relationship and it's about the relationships we carry about with other women, uh, you know, with, with, with the men, um, our childhood, you know, the relationships we've carried through the dialogue of parenting, what we were responding to. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. But what the goal here is about compassion to the self, start loving the self. Love is the greatest wisdom. And the first thing you've got to do is, is, is look in the mirror and step up to it. 
and and really start start diving in. I, yeah. I love I love that such a powerful message and really just distilling it into loving yourself because when you do love yourself you can align exactly with what you want in your life uh, no longer putting up with those quote unquote toxic relationships you know putting up with that uh, behavior I, I know I've been there and I had to learn those lessons and I think it's really important I think what got me through is obviously working with other people, books like something like this, like giving you tools and strategies that you can really apply to your life. So let, let's talk about, you know, really putting, what about putting labels on yourself that are powerful? So we, 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 we put those labels on ourselves or compare ourselves, but what about uh, some positive things that we can do, some habits every single day that are yeah. going to transform these labels? Well, one of my biggest techniques um, that's so powerful, yet all the women find it kind of hard to do, <laughs> which is start journaling, you know, start that dialogue with yourself. And one thing, making it very simple, is saying, what was one thing that I did that I was just diva-licious? Like, what did I do today that was just so diva-like that I am just a girl on fire? just one thing that ignites that, that, that power within. Because I think if we start lighting that flame of love, um, it can start dispersing uh, more and more and it just becomes contagious. So journaling is the first one. Um, I would say another one, which is number two, would be the more you know the psychology of others and self, so diving in and, and researching and learning. So if you're an auditory learner, listen to podcasts. You know, if you love vision, you know, read a book. You know, these are some of the major, again, relationship with self. So it's how you're taking in, what you're responding to. And sometimes the brain needs about seven bumps before it really starts setting in like, wait, I've heard this before. Even though... People have been saying it, even though we've been hearing it along the way. But the more you're involved in it, the quicker we can stop the suffering, right? So the sooner we get involved and we just open it up and just say, hey, I'm open. What am I going to hear today? What am I going to see today that I need to see? And then third, it, it is really creating like uh, just that space because we are women who love to take care of others and we will say yes to five other people before we say yes to ourselves. So I definitely think just creating a, a space, a mommy timeout if you're mothers, um, a girl timeout if you're just this girl that's like, I need to just rule out the distractions and just have this beautiful space. And if we can do those three things, you know, um, journaling, dialoguing with the self, learning and responding in openness, and then three, just really creating that space for yourself. I think, yeah, there's this essence that we think we're self-indulgent, where there, we might be a bit selfish, and that's not, that's not what this is about. It's really just learning yourself again and really just hearing yourself again. Because again, with social media, it can become distracting and, you know, she's doing that and I'm not doing this. And no, it's everybody starts somewhere. So 
it's it's just really great to hear you say these things because it's that's 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 what people and women are are needing to to want right it's not about what we need it's about what we want too mm. so that that dialogue of learning it's not what we need it's what we want and deep down go for it go for I, it. I love that i love what you're saying you know and, and it's like you women have to give themselves permission to do this because subconsciously we've been programmed you know especially if you look at throughout history to serve other people to serve the partner to serve the kids then when it comes to empowering herself she neglects herself and i think this conversation is so critical with the times that we're living today it's like we cannot be a superwoman no no and there's this but you know but i but i can't and you know another thing that you're hitting on heather is that the brain is so magnificent in the essence that it is obedient so when you say it can't it won't the brain will listen to you and that's where i think we're entering in this concept of soul and a higher power and something that's bigger than ourselves that how can I teach people to mind their mind? Yeah. So I'm teaching women, mind your mind, because there is this ignition in within the soul that just goes, hey, I want to break free. Like, I'm here. And so it is being able to tell the mind, hang on, you're saying you can't. Let's start softening that. Let's start softening that voice. Let's not let it be so persecutory. And again, that's history. We had women in insane asylums because their men wanted to go out, do their thing, and they would put women in mental institutions. This is the history of women, you know, putting the A on the chest, you know, that you're an, an adulterer, you know, these sort of persecutory survival-like features have to end. They just have to end. And how we're doing it in modern day is maybe not as significant, but I still see that. I still see men saying, she's sick. She needs to be in the hospital. I go, she's not sick. She just doesn't want to be with you. There's a different mm. dialogue. Mm. And I still see it today. And it's really interesting that this is coming up because this is the, the deeper stuff that it's like, no, my friend, she's not sick. She knows her voice and she's learning it in here and she doesn't actually want to be with you. So there's a bigger, uh, again, historic of what other society will put on people and um, how that, if you don't claim your power, you can lose it. It's so true. It's so true. You know, you're talking about men injecting labels on other women. I really believe it goes back to this collective unconscious just fear of men seeing women have a voice and owning their power. And we see this playing out in politics today. I find it really interesting from a human behavior perspective. But what you're saying is, yeah. is right on the nose. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like men are really beautiful. And there are some essences that when I do work with couples, you know, um, the men really are, once they've chosen something, like let's be softer in, in the essence of, of men, 
they they really are already in the box like they're saying they love you they're already in the box they're beautiful and they're like okay but they're hunters right so if we don't give them something to hunt they're going whoa what box am i in like where am i supposed to be here i just want you to be happy that's in their mind that's what they're saying and then sometimes the women will be like uh uh, you know, do you really love me? Do you, you know, do you really love me? And again, it's like, it's that insatiating fulfillment that will never be fulfilled by someone else. And so it's allowing the relationship to breathe. But in politics, where it becomes a bit more competitive, hence the reason why these men are going to hunt in a different way, right? <clears throat> because they are feeling a bit, um, intimidated or deeply there's some fears brewing so of course they're going to be hunting things that are going to be really deep and and harsh and it means that you're getting closer so i encourage that especially in the politics space because when you know you're going there then you know you're doing a good job because they're hunting to get rid of you in a sense uh, and that's in that domain, that's a different story because then it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's because you're reaching something that's getting a little too, too close. So I encourage those women who are doing that to get closer because that's going to give them something to hunt and that's a good thing. So use that as fuel, I'd say. I, I love that. I love that. And just, yeah, kind of looking at that as a, you know, they're the, they're the, um, the hunters. I also think like just kind of looking at this scenario, I think for many years women have been perceived or maybe we put this label upon ourselves as the prey and the men, the predators. And I think if we wear that label, especially today, we, we definitely give our power away. I believe both mm. sexes are necessary, but it's, I think we're in this this time we're just kind of redefining what that looks like and i i definitely love men so this show is not about bashing yes. men this is about yes men. yes yes so both yes. Sexes. And i think there's a time and place in a different sort of um you know relationship obviously and there's definitely relationships that i go wow this voice of the male is so in fear and that is actually it's interesting that it's coming up again there's a chapter in um, the book called Dear Ego. And what's underneath ego is this, again, a hot topic about narcissists and what narcissists really mean. And I've actually taken a bit of a different twist to it because the narcissist does have a story and they did develop from some place. And so I paint a picture of a boy who, who's that's kind of what has been the scenario because I have worked with some individuals who have a bit of that narcissism tendencies. And yet women will come to me and go, oh, my boss is such a narcissist and I can't, I, I just can't keep working there. And I'm like, why are you giving him the power? You know, like, why are you giving him the power? what is going on that's reflecting from you to him that's making you want to generate a judgment of some sort or something that's happening there for you that 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 you can't be free there's some block right and you're right this this i i don't have a voice and, and it's like but but there's something about that that i find very intriguing 
And so I want to start picking that apart and unlabeling. What do you really think? What's going on with narcissism? What is it about it that you, that you fear, that you love, that you don't like, but you wish you had, or, you know, something in that dialogue. And it's really just starting that conversation. Uh, so again, that ego being the essence of the subconscious battling between, you know, this angel and this devil on the side and, and, and I'm referencing it a lot between compliance and defiance. And so if a narcissist is called a narcissist because they're just doing anything that they want, well, is there a reason why somebody's attaching to that? Are they upset that they're not doing what they want to do? Right. So I peel back and, and go further into the label um, because it's we use them to protect ourselves and we use them to reveal ourselves and we use them to go, hey, I'm just starting this dialogue with this label that that everybody wants to put because and the reason why labels are so important is because the brain has a way, you know, the minute I say fear the brain has a way of reacting to that neuro language, the neuro linguistic meaning. But if I said courage, you're stepping into the same concept, right? You're stepping into the same concept, but two very different feelings behind them. Yeah. But they both feel uncomfortable. So the minute we start putting a word neuro linguistically out there, narcissist, what starts happening for people. So I take a bit of a twist in the book and talk about how the narcissist was born. And it gives a softer version of like, if you really understood the narcissistic profile, it will give you some understanding and some compassion. And then that starts some uh, more dialogue that brings us together rather than this concept of all of us trying to separate ourselves from everyone. Mm, I, I love the fact that you do that because I think a lot of times we use that term, oh, that person's a narcissist and that sort of thing. And it's like, well, we all do have those tendencies. And so whatever you project on someone else, you're not owning it. You know, it's a mere reflection. So where are you giving your power away? Where are you doing that? So I, I kind of like that idea of unpeeling the layers to have more compassion for people to understand um, what really is going on underneath the surface. So I, I definitely appreciate that in your book and the work. I could be talking to you for hours because I think this conversation yeah. is so important for women, not just for women, but for, for everyone listening to how to really kind of navigate around the, the challenges that we're facing, uh, you know, through the Me Too movement, through politics, through, you know, your workplace, your business, your relationships, your body, social media. So before we go today, um, where can people get this book? Yeah, so um, my website is uh, with Dr. Kara. Um, it's thrivewithdrkara.com. So www.thrivewithdrkara.com because I believe in the ego surviving to thriving. So I've, I've designed so social media, Thrive Consulting, Kara Tucker, Dr. Kara, you can find all of my, my feeds, Facebook, Instagram, um, and the book again will be coming out very shortly. So um, it's really exciting. And I'm just so, so grateful for this opportunity, Heather, just other women taking care of other women. So thank you so much for this opportunity to have a platform um, for the work that you're doing too. So thank you for that. And, and, and if it's not for women like you, then other women wouldn't have this, this thread to get involved in and, and take care of. So thank you so much. 
My pleasure, my pleasure. And I recommend everyone to check out uh, Dr. Kara's book. Um, mm -hmm. We have it in the show notes. Whatever you're watching or listening, uh, I really, I feel it's really important to support other women on the show if they have a book and that sort of thing. So you can never know everything. And you can, even if you read a book um, that talks about one thing, you can see it in a different way. And that's how, um, I think she was mentioning that earlier, how you can really absorb and reflect and implement the information today. So yeah. thank you so much, everyone. And until next time, this is Heather Peckin and live fearlessly. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. So if you like what you hear on this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Interested in becoming a sponsor or learning more about leadership for women's performance using neuroscience or business coaching, contact support at heatherpicken.com. And don't forget to grab my latest book, The La Dolce Vita Formula, by going to fearlessandfabulousbook.com. That's fearlessandfabulousbook.com.